Today's staff is Bavakama Daf Beis, and we are Be'ezus Hashem in the beginning of a new Mesechta, a new Seder, Seder Nezikin, Mesechus Bavakama. Today's staff is being learned as a schos for Achenu B'nei Yisrael, Hanesunim, Batzaru, Ubashivya. So Seder Nezikin, as its name suggests, deals with the laws of Nezikin, the laws of damages. Now, when you picture a mazik in your mind, what you'll usually think of is someone going over to his friend, punching him in the nose, and causing some sort of damage. Or someone going over to one of his friend's possessions, damaging it. The truth is, that person is, without question, the prototypical, the quintessential mazik. But if you think more about it, you realize that there's so much in Teresh HaBiksav and even more in Teresh HaBalpeh that relates to the concept of a damager, the concept of a mazik. And just to illustrate, a ganiv is a mazik. A gazlin is a mazik. A shomer that's negligent and he doesn't watch this thing that he was entrusted with, if there's some harm that's caused to that thing, he's on some level a mazik. If someone testifies falsely in Bezden, and as a result, somebody has a hefzit. That person, the meir eidr sheker, is a mazik. An oines, a mefata, a moitzi shemra, they're all mazike. A coin that's doing the avoida, and he has a machshava psula, such as a machshava's pickle, as a result of which this carbon now, that somebody paid for, is possible. Well, that coin is a mazik. In fact, the Gemara in Daftal Ramad Beis is going to bring a b'raisa that was taught by Reb that mentioned 24 different types of mazikin. And the Gemara is going to say that as long as Reb b'raisa was, it was incomplete. Because there were other mazikin that Reb could have added to his list that he did not add to his list. But the point is that when you think of nezikin and you think of a mazik and a nizik, there are many different variables and different forms and types of mazikin and really... It's these different mazikin that make up the backdrop of everything that we're going to learn now, Be'ezer Hashem, for the next two plus years. Now, as it relates to Masechta's Bavakama, so the first part of the Masechta, which is really the first six prakim, the first 60 plus dafin, deals with one type of mazik, what's known as niske momen. So what's the concept of niske momen? The Lord Niske Mammon states that just like a person is achroi for any damage that he causes, a person is achroi for any damage that his mammon, that something that belongs to him, is going to cause. So the classic example is once upon a time where people lived very monks amongst very much amongst animals. Somebody owned a shar, which is a dangerous animal. If that shar would damage, the owner of the shar would be a chroy. He would be responsible for any damage that was caused by that shar. It's a chitish, because you can argue in svarim hechatesi. I'm responsible for my actions. Who says that I'm responsible for the actions of something that I own? Kamash Malan, the parish of Niske Momin, which states that just like a person from a Nizikin perspective, is responsible for any damage that he himself causes. A person is also responsible for any damage that's caused by his possessions. Now, as it relates to the source of this Chedesh, that's known as Niske Moment, that makes up the first six prokim and the first 60 plus dafin, some of the most famous dafin and shas, right here in the beginning of Masechtas Bavakamo. So it's Psukim in the Torah, not so tucked away in Parshas Mishpatim. 
And really it begins in Perik Chav Aleph, Pasik Chav Ches, and it goes through Perik Chav Bez, Pasik Dalit. Obviously, we can't go through all these Psukim right now. Half of Torah Shebeksav is sitting in those Psukim. But at the same time, these are Psukim that we will become a lot more familiar with. So many of the different dinim that relate to Bavakama 101 come from those Psukim. But just to understand high level exactly what's happening in those Psukim. So the Torah, again, discusses this idea that a person is responsible not only for damage that he himself causes, but also for damage that's caused by his possessions. The first example of this that's mentioned is that if a person has a shar, and Rashi speaks out in Chumash, that even though the Torah so often discusses the shar as it relates to Niske Momen, but of course shar is lavdafka, but rather deeper akasa belash and hoiva. So for example, in today's day and age, it's more common for somebody to own a dog, let's say, than to own a shar. So you can literally delete shar and paste dog, and all the halachas that you have in Bavakama are going to apply, albeit uh, not the Shar Shanagach, but the Kelev Shanagach. So again, use your imagination, but the point is that the first parsha that's mentioned as it relates to this idea of Niske moment is a Shar that kills a person. If a Shar kills a person, the Bala Shar on some level bears responsibility. The second parsha mentioned is a Shar that kills an Eved, an Eved as in an Eved Knani. So he's a person, but at the same time, we know a little bit about the Eved, and he has his own unique parasha as it relates to what the responsibility of the Baal Ashar is going to be. The Torah then talks about a person that digs a bar, and because of this bar that he dug, somebody not knowingly stumbled and was hurt, or Caleb were hurt, or Behemoth was hurt. The owner of the bar is going to be responsible. Did he cause damage? No, his bar caused damage. But if you dug the bar, it's your bar, and as a result, you have the parasha of Niske Mom. The Torah then talks about the shar that's nagach the shar. So you have the parasha of the shar that shtoises a person, the shar that shtoises an eved, and then the shar that shtoises a shar. The Torah then talks about the ganiv, which... Is interesting why that would be tucked in the middle of all the halachas related to Niske Mamen. And the Torah talks about a shar that belongs to a person that didn't shtois, meaning it didn't gore, it didn't physically attack someone. But at the same time, as it was, as it was walking, it trampled over somebody else's property and it caused damage. What's known as the mazik of regel, says the Torah, if your animal would do that, you would be responsible. The Torah then mentions what happens if somebody owns an animal and the animal eats out of the tfua, out of the grain of his neighbor's field. What's known as the mazik of shame. There too, says the Torah, the owner of the shar of this animal is going to be responsible. And finally, the Torah says that if somebody lights a fire and this fire spreads and it causes damage in somebody else's field, the halach is, it's your fire and therefore you're going to be responsible. So again, if you do the very, very quick sikum, a shar that shtoises a person, a shtar that shtoises an eved. Someone digs a bar and the bar causes damage. A shar that shtoises another shar. Rego, Shane, and finally, if somebody lights a fire and that fire damages, the Allah is you are going to be responsible for any damage that's caused by that fire. This group in total is what's known as Niske Momen, and it's the topic of the first Mishnah, it's the topic of the first 60 Dafin, literally, here of Mesechtis Bavakama, and on that note, Without doubt, this is in the conversation of the most famous Mishnah in Shas, the most famous Daf in Shas, maybe the most learned Daf 
in Shas. Either way, Zok the Heilige Mishnah. There are four categories of Nizikin. Hashar, Vehabar, Vehamava, Vehahever. So there are four categories of Nizikin. What are they? Shar, Bar, Mava, and Hever. Pretty straightforward, right? In fact, it's a big machloikis amayiroam. A machloikis rabin shmuel. What the four avos nezikin even are. So we literally start with a bang. So the machloikis rabin shmuel is really discussed on dafkimolamidays, dafdalid, and it's something that permeates all the sugis that we're going to learn. But just for the pirush, as it relates to the mishnah, Rav learns that a shor means all the different types of ways that a shor can damage, which in the Eyes of Chazal, we'll see more about this in the Gemara, really is three categories. A shar can damage by goring, by literally lowering, her, lowering his head, having intent to inflict as much pain as possible, and going after his prey, whatever it is. What's known as the mazik of Karen. Karen means a horn. A shar has a horn. And when he shtoises in a way where it's kavanose lahazik, he wants to cause damage, it's what's known as Karen, and in Rav's world, that's included in what the Mishnah means when it says that the first of the four Avais Nazik in a Shar. Additionally, Shar includes in it Regel. What's Regel? That's a Shar that's minding his own business, and he trampled on something that he wasn't supposed to trample. He wasn't looking to cause damage. He's not angry. He's not nervous. He's not anxious. He's just doing his thing, but at the same time, he caused damage. It's what's known as the Mazik of Regal, because he tramples typically with his feet. The owner of the shah is responsible, and this is also included in what we mean when we say shara. Finally, the word shar also means shane. Shane is when an animal, such as a shar, is going to eat something that belongs to his owner's neighbor or friend, something that he wasn't supposed to eat. The halacha is the owner of the shar, again, is going to be responsible. So according to Rab, what does shar mean? It means karen, it means regal, and it means shame. Bar is straightforward. Somebody digs a bar and it causes damage. The bala bar is going to be chayev. Mava, according to Rav, is the mazik of Adam. So if an Adam is mazik, in Rav's world, he is Included in one of the Arba Avos Nazikin that I mentioned here in the beginning of Avakama, and he's what's known as Mava. Now, if Mava means Adam, why didn't the Mishnah just say Adam? It's a good kasha. But the point is that according to Rav, Mava is Adam. And finally, Heather is Ash. It's another way of saying fire. So according to Rav, what are the Arba Avos Nazikin? Shar is Karen, Regal, and Chain. Bar is a bar, Mava is Adam, and Hever is a fire. Shmuel says that when the Mishnah says Shar, Shar means specifically Regal. That's what Shar means. Even though Shar means an axe, and Rav will tell you, Shar is Komili de Shar. Shmuel says, I disagree. The Mazik of Shar means one specific type of Hezek that could be caused by a Shar, specifically Regal. A bar is a bar. Mava, according to Shmuel, is also one of the ways that a shark could be mazik. It's the mazik of shame. And hever again is a fire. So according to Shmuel, shor is regal, bar is bar, mava is shame, and hever is esh. So again, you have two lists as it relates to understanding that ba'av is nazikin. According to Rav, shor is karen, regal, shame, bar is bar, mava is adam, and hever is esh. According to Shmuel, shor is regal, bar is bar, Mava is Shane, and again, Hever is Ash. 
a very obvious nafkemina between Rav's Mishnah and between Shmuel's Mishnah is in Shmuel's Mishnah there's no mention of any other mamazek. So the introduction that we gave is a little bit more matim in Shmuel because the Mishnah mentioned our Ba'avis Nazikin and Atzad Hashava Shebahen, pun intended, is that they're all mom and hamazek. We're not dealing with the more obvious form of mazik, which is an Adam mazik. However, according to Rav, Mave is Adam, in which case included in the Arba of Isazikin actually is an Adam mazik. There are obviously other nafkaminas between Rav's list and Shmuel's list, but for that already we'll wait for the Gemara. So again, Arba of Isazikin, there are four categories of Nazikin. Ashar Vabar, Vahamave, Vahaver, says the Mishnah, that it, what? it was necessary for us to list these four Avos Nazikin, and the reason is because if we wouldn't know each one of these four, you would not be able to learn one from the other. In other words, Rashi says that what makes something in Av Nazikin, Arba Avos Nazikin? So Rashi says, Avos Kari, Avos means, meaning what makes something in Av Nazikin is, if the Torah mentions specifically this type of Mazik, so then it's considered an Av as it relates to Nazikin. So whether you have Rav's list or Shmuel's list, everything that we mentioned is going to be mentioned somewhere in the Torah. Where? For the most part, in the Psukim that we mentioned, in the Hakdama, there in Parshish Mishpatim. Now, if the Torah mentioned all of these Nazikin, that means the Torah had to mention all of these Nazikin. And had the Torah mentioned one, I couldn't learn any one of the others. Meaning, whatever was mentioned obviously needed to be mentioned. The question is why? Why can't the Torah just tell me that if my shor is mazik, so you see I'm responsible for the actions of my momin, there's something called niske momin, it's okay. So then my bar, if it damages, I'll be responsible for it. And if my ish damages, I'll be responsible for that as well. And if my mava, whatever that is, I'll be responsible for that as well. From the fact that the Torah needed to mention all of the arba of nazikin, that's evident that I can't learn one from the other, and had I not had all four mentioned before in the Mishnah, I would not know all four. So the question is, why not? And that's really the unspoken question that the second line of the Mishnah is coming to address. It says the Mishnah, that if you'd understand the trunas anefesh, the qualities of shar, and the qualities of Mava, you would realize that they're each unique. The point being that I would never be able to learn Mava from Shar, and I'd never be able to learn Shar from Mava. And it's for that reason the Torah needed to tell me Shar, and the Torah needed to tell me Mava. Additionally, even had I already known Shar and Mava, I would not be able to learn Ish from Shar and Mava. And the reason is because Shar and Mava have unique that they involve something that's a Ruachayim. What's Shar? So whether you learn Shar the way Rav learned Shar, that it's Karen, Regal, and Chain, or whether you learn Shar the way Shmuel learned Shar, that it's only Regal, but it involves the Regal, or the Karen, Shane, and Regal of a Shar, of an animal, which is a Dovah Sheyesh Ruachaim. What's Mava? So whether you learn Mava like Rav, who learns that it's a person, it's an Adam Amasik, or whether you learn Mava like Shmuel, who holds it's a Shar that's damaging with his Shane, okay, either way, again, you're dealing with a Dovah Sheyesh Ruachaim. So it says the Mishnah, I needed Shar and I needed Mava. Why? Because each one is unique. Okay, now 
not that I have Shoram Ava, so why do I need Eish? The reason is because Shoram Ava have something in common. What do they have in common? It's a Dover Sheyesh by Ruachaim, as opposed to Eish Sheyem by Ruachaim. Now notice the Mishnah mentioned what Shoram Ava have unique in contrast to Eish, but the Mishnah didn't mention what Shor has unique in contrast to Mava and what Mava has in contrast as it relates to Shor. But either way, Zok the Mishnah, so I need Shor and I need Mav and I need Eish as well. The Mishnah continues, even if I would already know that there's a mazik of Shor and there's a mazik of Mava and that there's a mazik of Eish, I would not be able to learn Bar from there. And the reason is because those three things, Shor, Mava, and Hever, have in common that it's Darkon Lelechulahazik. They're on the move, they're going. They actually move from point A to point B. Ashar, a person and a fire spreads, as opposed to a bar, which is something that just sits in one place. So had I only known that Yechayev, for those three, I would not have known as, I would not have known bar, and for that reason, the Torah had to mention that not only are Yechayev Ashar, not only Yechayev for Mav and Hever, but Yechayev for bar as well. Either way, that's why there are four Ovois in Zikin. Again, what are Ovois? Ovois Kari L'Hanach Tachsivim B'Krovahadi, which means that the Torah had a by definition, mention these four obvious Azikin, which means that I would not have been able to learn one from the other had they not all four been mentioned. And that's really the point that the Mishnah is trying to bring out. It says the Mishnah, stating that, that once I know that there's a mazik called Shar, and there's a mazik called Bar, and there's a mazik called Hever, and this is a mazik called Mava. So now we're ready, I could say the following. What do these four obviously he can have in common? Shadark and Lahazik, that it's the derech for these things to cause damage. Ushmi Olecha, and you're obligated to watch them. And in the event that you didn't watch these things and they cause damage, the owner meaning the mazik, whoever owns this Sharbar Mava and Hever, would be responsible to pay Tashlumim Nezek. And not only do you have to pay, but you have to pay you have to pay from the best of your crops, meaning whatever the best and the shensa that it is you own, that's what you would have to give the Nezek, that's what you would have to pay. So again, the Mishnah is a little faplanted. Obviously, we'll get a lot more into this as we go through the next couple of dafin. But what did the Mishnah say, super high level? The Mishnah said, Arba Ovois Nazikin. That the Torah mentions four categories of Nazikin. Ovois Kari Lahanach Tachsivim Bekrab Behadiyah. So if there's four Ovois Nazikin, by definition, that means there's four parishes in the Torah that talk about Nazikin. What are the Arba Ovois Nazikin? Machlik Yisrael and Shmuel. And the Mishnah already bavar in that. Why do I need four Ovois Nazikin? Couldn't the Torah tell me one or two or three? I needed four. So the Mishnah was Megala Tefach already as to why I would not be able to learn one from the other. But one thing the Mishnah does say, that once I know all four, now already I can make a good old-fashioned Tzadash Ava. At Tzadash Tzava Shebehen is that the Torah told me between these parashiyas that if you own something, that the derech is to be mazik, you have to watch it, and if you don't watch it and it causes damage, the aloha is chava mazik l'shalim tashlumi nezik. You're going to have to pay, and not only are you going to have to pay, but you're going to have to pay b'meitav aretz. Now, one thing I think that's just kedai to speak out again, it'll become more clear over the next few dafin, and that is that when we talk about four avos nezikin, so again, Rashi says what makes something an av? The fact that it's mentioned before in the Torah, but. It's more than that. And that is, each one of these nezikin are on some level unique. Meaning, they have a unique nekuda that makes them the independent 
av that they are. Point. What's the difference between shein and regal? So, if you ask the man on the street, he might tell you, shein is when the animal damages with his teeth, and regal is when he damages with his feet. Oh, and by the way, if you want to know what, why Karen would be unique, because that's when he damages with his horns. That is completely incorrect. The reason Shane and Regal are different Ovois Nazikin, and the reason they're unique when you learn the sugyas here in Bava Kama, is because what's happening from the standpoint of the animal, what he's doing is different. When an animal damages with Regal, so he's just walking, he's doing his thing, and he just stepped on something, and he's an animal. What do you want from him? He caused damage. When a Animal damages with his chain. What's going through the animal's mind? He's hungry. He wants to eat. So he has intent to do what it is he's doing. He wants to have the pleasure that he's going to have from eating, just like we have pleasure when we eat, and, and that's what's going on. So what's unique about Regal and Shane is not that one's with his foot and the other one is with his teeth. It's that in one, the animal is doing his thing, and the other one, the animal is having Hanoi, he's trying to have pleasure. What's unique about Karen? Karen is, when an animal gores, he's kavanosi lahazik, he's trying to damage. When he does regular and shade, he's trying to damage, shade, he's a chap, he's a, he's a behemoth. So he sees food, he wants it, and he's eating it. He's not trying to cause damage. Uh, animal that gores, he literally lowers his head, and he tries to inflict pain. So that's already a, a kavanosi lahazik. The point is, each one of these mazikin, the reason they're unique is not because of the mitzios. It's not the balabatashkai. What you need to do is you have to understand the logic behind this type of mazik, and that's what makes it its own category, and that's what makes it unique. Either way, so the Mishnah says, how many of us Nazikin are there? Four. Shar, bar, mav, and hever. Now, to be clear, we're going to see on... The Gemara is going to bring a brisey that Rav Oshia said. He's going to have 13 of his Nazikin. Rav Chiz is going to have another brisey. He's going to have 24 of his Nazikin. So you can ask Akasha, is it 4? Is it 13? Is it 24? Of course it's not Akasha. The Tan of the Mishnah wanted to teach a halacha, and he grouped all the different Nazikin into 4. You can group them into 13. You can group them into 24. We'll see in the Gemara if you want. You can group them into more if you really choose to. He had his criteria of what makes the cut and what's on the outside looking in. And based on his formula, he ended up with four other Sezikin. But it doesn't mean there's only four other Sezikin. You could just as equally have more. If you wanted, you could probably have less. And as we'll see, Bryce says later. So again, the Arba other Sezikin... That's not going to change. So, no matter how many obvious Hazikin you're going to have, for every Av, you better show me a Pasik. Because if you can't show me a Pasik for this Av, then by definition you made a mistake. Because that is the Taich of an Av. But in terms of how many different Psukim I want to incorporate and how many obvious Hazikin I want to create, that there's a lot of gray area and and as you see, the Chachmi with themselves, they came up with different numbers. Either way, Zokdi or Midik Tani Avois, from the fact that the Mishnah says that there are four Avois Nazikin, Mechad Ikatoldois, so implied from that is that there's also Toldois Nazikin. Meaning, if we're saying that there are four Avois Nazikin, so what does it sound like? It sounds like there are four categories of Nazikin, rooted again in Psukim in the Torah. But 
it also seems to imply that there is subcategories or there are things that are included in that umbrella, in that category. Because if not, then we would just say Arba Nezikin and we wouldn't say Arba Avos Nezikin. So from the fact that we're talking about Avos, Michal Deikotolvis. And the Gemara's question is, Toldois saying, Kayoitzeben or Lav Kayoitzeben. What's the halacha of the Toldois of these Avos? Are they Kayoitzeben or are they not Kayoitzeben? Now, we don't even know what the Toldois of these Avos are. We barely know what the Avos themselves are. You have to learn up a machloik is rab and shmul gut in order to even know what the avos nizikin are. But for now, we know there are four avos nizikin. We have an idea of what they are. Avos michlal de ikutaldus. We'll get to what the taldus are in the next two dafin, starting already today. But for now, the Gemara Shail is are these taldus kayoitzebem or are they lav kayoitzebem? Now Rashi on Amid Beis, and really Rashi in the course of the next few dafin says that the Gemara Shail of taldus saying kayoitzebem or lav kayoitzebem is is someone chayef if his moment damaged not in the way that it's mefurish in the Torah, but rather in a way that would be a tolder of what's mentioned in the Torah. Would he be chayef or would he not be chayef? So we know you're chayef for obvious tzikin. These are psukim in the Torah. The question is, are you also chayef for the tolders? Are you not chai for the Taldus? If Taldus saying is Kayoitzebehem, then just like you chai for the Ovis, you would also be chai for the Taldus. If Taldus saying is Lav Kayoitzebehem, so then you chai for the Ovis, but you're not chai for the Taldus. And that's the question. Says the Gemara, Gishmakabi Shabbos Tanan, we find in Hilcha Shabbos, there's a Mishnah, Ovis Malachos, Arboim Chaserachas. So how many Ovis Malachos are there? Meaning, how many Malachos is a person not allowed to do on Shabbos? So we know there's 39. Not Malachis, 39, Avos Malachis. Now, there too, the Mishnah uses the word Avos. And Chazal said, Avos Michal Ikatoldis. Therefore, the fact that the Mishnah used that sprach of Avos Malachis, that implies that there's also Toldos of Malachis. And over there, says the Gemara Toldos, saying, I know for a fact that the Toldos of any of the Av Malachis are treated like the Av Malachis itself. How so? Says the Gemara. Loishna of Chatos. If somebody does one of the Lamnites of his Malachas Peshoigik, what's the Lacha? He has to bring a carbon chatas. If somebody does one of the Toldas of the Lamnites Malachas Peshoigik, what's the Lacha? You have to bring a carbon chatas. Additionally, Loishna of Skila, for Loishna Tolda Skila. If somebody does one of the Lamnites Malachas, Bemazed with Edim and Asra, what's the Lacha? He was Chayv Skila. If somebody would do the same with one of the Toldas, what's the Lacha? It would be Chayv Skila. So you see that Toldoi Seyen are literally Kayotzvim. Says the Gemara. What is then the difference between an av and a tolda? Meaning, there must be something to the concept of an av. Because if there's not, then what do you need the avis for? If avis and toldas are literally one and the same, they saying kayotzebehem. So is there even no nafkemina between an av and a tolda? The Gemara says no. Of course, there's a nafkemina. Nafkemina dilo avich day avis padi If somebody would do two avos. Meaning, if somebody would be over two of the of Malachis and Shabbos, two of the 39, and he would do them, meaning he would do a Peshoigig, he didn't chapel with Shabbos, and he did these two Malachis. Or if he would do two Toldas of the Lamates Malachis. Again, he would be Chayev if it was two of his Malachis for each Av, and if it was Toldas Malachis for each Tolda. However, the Ilu Ovid. Of the tolda day, but if a person does an av malacha and it's tolda bevas achas behelam echad over there loy mechayiv alachada, you would only be chayiv one. And the reason you would only be chayiv one is because there is something to an av malacha which says that for each av malacha you're chayiv one carbon. But if you do an av and it's tolda, so we look at the av and the tolda 
being part of the same family, literally, and it's for that reason you would only be chayiv one, you wouldn't be chayiv two. So for two avos, or two taldas, you'd be chayiv two. But if a person does avo, tolda diday, over there, like mechayiv elochad, the rabbi liezer, the mechayiv atolda, the mokamav, amai karle av, amai karle tolda. The Gemara says, and we learn Masech the Shabbos, there's a sheet that's rabbi liezer, who holds that if a person does an av malacha, and he does the told of the malacha as well, and he does them both behelamachad, so Yechayev cipher the av and cipher the tolda. So if that's the case, then what's this chashivos of having an av and a tolda? Meaning, the av and the tolda seem to be literally one and the same. Doing an av and a tolda is the same as doing two avas. If an av and a tolda we view as one family, so the reason there's something called an av and a tolda is because we create families as it relates to Chashavah. So if you do a few of the malachas from the same family, you'll be chay of one. Different families be chay of two. But Rabbi Eliezer holds that an av and its told are treated the same as an av and another av. So if that's the case, so amai karle av, amai karle told. What's unique? What's the chshivas of an av and a told? So the Gemara says that according to Rabbi Eliezer, there really is no nafkamina lahalacha between an av and a told, but at the same time, we do have a distinction as it relates to Av and Tolda, and that distinction is based on the origin of the Lama Tess Malachs, and that is Hach the Hava B'Mishkan Chashiva Karle Av, but Hach the Loi Hava B'Mishkan Chashiva Karle Tolda. What makes something an Av is not any halachic significance, but rather any one of the Malachs that were Chashiv in the Midbar when the Yidim were building the Mishkan would be considered an Av. If somebody would violate Shabbos, but he would do something that wasn't a malacha chashuva at the time of the building of the Mishkan, that would mean that he violated a tolda. So one makes something an av and one makes something a tolda. There's something that defines av and tolda. Av is defined by hachtahavah b'mishkan chashiva. Tolda is defined by something that wasn't b'mishkan chashiva. Is there a nafkamina la'alacha? The simple reading of the Gemara is that according to Rabbi Eliezer, there in fact is no nafkamina la'alacha. But the bottom line is this. What's the question? Says the Gemara, so let's say, by Shabbos you find this idea of avos malachis. And over there we know, how so? Whatever the oinish is for someone that's mechal Shabbos for violating an av, it's going to be the same exact oinish if somebody's mechal Shabbos for violating a tolda. So for sure, tolda is saying Says the Gemara, there's another place where you find this concept of Avos, and that is Gabi Tumas Tanan. You find regarding the laws of Tumah, Avos HaTumah. So, what's an Avatumah? An Avatumah is a source of Tumah. This mission over here mentions a few examples. Hasheretz, any one of the Shmoyne Shratzim that dies is Metamah. Vashich Vazera, Mace, or someone that comes in contact with a Mace, he too is considered an Avatumah. The halacha over there is told they say in Although we make the same diak that avos mechal the ikka told us, but at the same time there's a difference between an av of toma and a tolda of toma. Told they say over there is lav kayotzebem. Now what would it mean a tolda of toma? So the av toma would be the source of toma. The tolda of the Tumah would be something that came in contact with that source of Tumah, and as a result, that something now became Tumah. Now, that's something that became Tumah, 
is Tommy in that it can viter convey Tomo. However, it's totally same, Lavka Yoitzabahem. Because something that's a source of Tomo has more of an ability to convey Tomo than does something that only became Tome from coming in contact with a source of Tomo. Where do you find this Nafkamino? So here's an easy one. The Ilu Av Metama Adam An Ava Tomo that comes in contact with a person or comes in contact with Kalim. So it's Metama Adam Kalim. The Ilu Toldois. However, as it relates to the Toldois, Oichlin Umashke Metama. It only has the ability to be metama oichlin umashkin. However, adam vekeila loy metama adam vekeila. It does not have the ability to be metama. Just to put this in tuma v'taira vernacular, if something comes in contact with an ava tuma, it becomes tome. What's the definition of that tuma? It becomes a rishon latuma. A rishon latuma could be metama, just like an ava tuma could be metama. However, rishon latuma could only be metama oichlin umashkin. It can never be metama adam vekeila. You can never have Adam Vekelem that's going to be a Sheni Latoma. Sheni Latoma, by definition, means that you're dealing with Eichlon Omashka. If somebody tells you, I have a Kaili here, it's a Sheni Latoma. He's lying. There's no such thing. It's not possible to have something that's not Eichlon Omashkin that's going to be a Sheni Latoma. And the reason is because although an Avatoma has an ability to convey Toma and create a Rishon Latoma, Abetoldeseyen is Lavka Yoitzabahem. It doesn't have the same Echos, the same Feska, in order to be able to go and perpetuate this Toma. The Avatoma can be Metama everything. As opposed to the Rishon Latoma, it cannot be Metama Odom Vikalim, it could only be Metama Eichlon Omashkin. By the way, what about the Toldois, Toldois saying? A Sheni Latoma could only be Metama Shuma or Kachim. And that thing that became Tome from coming in contact with a Sheni Latoma, which is now Shlishi Latoma, could only make Kachim into a Revi Latoma. So it's Toldois saying, and it keeps on getting diluted as you go further away from the Yav. Chamishi Latoma already, there's no such thing. But the point is that what do you see from here? You see, when it comes to Shabbos, there's Avois Malachis and there's Toldois Malachis. Toldos saying kayotzebehem. When it comes to tumah, there's obvious of tumah, and there's toldos of tumah. Toldos saying love kayotzebehem. So the question is, hachamai? What about as it relates to obvious nezikin? Again, we know so little right now about nezikin, but we know there's arba obvious nezikin that we for sure know, and obvious bechal dekatoldos. So we also know for sure that there's toldos nezikin. The question is, are you chayiv for toldos nezikin? Are you not chayiv for toldos nezikin? Is it like Shabbos where toldos saying kayotzebehem you'll be chayiv, or isn't it like the laws of tumah where toldos saying is and as a result, you're not going to be chayiv. Amar Papa, Sir Papa said, "Here's the answer: Yesh mehen kayotzebehem, v'yesh mehen lav kayotzebehem." Certain of the avos nazikin told they say not kayotzebehem, and certain of the avos nazikin are told they say in lav kayotzebehem. Now, which one are kayotzebehem? Which one are not kayotzebehem? That will be the avoda of the Gemara, starting from now, going through the end of tomorrow's life. And the Gemara is going to try to figure out, so which one of the Ovis Nazikin are Kayoitz and which one are not? Now, in the course of going through, which one of the Ovis Nazikin are Taldei saying Kayoitz and which one of the Ovis Nazikin are Taldei saying Lav Kayoitz we are inevitably going to become more familiar with the Arba Ovis Nazikin. So we're sort of coming to it in a little bit of a backwards way. But now, this next staff and a half, the Gemara is going to go into understanding the Arba Ovis Nezikin, the sources in the Torah to the Arba Avis Nezikin. And again, how do we know the Arba Avis Nezikin have sources in the Torah? That's the first Rashi. Avis Kari Lahanach, the Chsivim Bekra Behedya. If you're an Av, as it relates to Nezikin, by definition, there's a Pasik that matches, that sources this exact halacha. Either way, Zok the Gemara. Tan Rabbanon, we learned it at Rice. Gimel Avis Namru Bashar. There were three Avis. 
that was stated relating to a shar. Hakaren, the Hashain, the Haregel. Incidentally, this Brysa is again case in point that we can really create as many of us as we can as we choose to. As long as it's backed by a Pasik in the Torah, our Mishnah says four of Nazikin, one of them is a Shar, and I have a Brysa that says there's three of Nazikin in Shar Gufa. But either way, so let's look at each Brysa, each Mishnah independently. We're dealing with the concept of a Shar that's going to damage, and there's three of Nazikin, which means three parishes in the Torah, and it also means three different types of Nazikin. What are they? Karen, Shane and Regal. Zoktigamara, Karen Minolon. How do you know that Karen is one of the Ovois Nizikin? And again, what's the background to this question? Because Ovois is again, Kari Lahanach Tichsiva Bekrabahed. Also, there's a Posik. Right? That's, that's why it's enough. So it says the Gemara, Karen Minolon. Where is the Posik? The Tanarabon. It says in the Torah, Vichiyigach Shor Es Ish Oyes Isha Vames. So the Torah over here is talking about a shar that shtoises either a man or a woman, the mace, and this person died. So it says in the Torah, Sokol Yisokol Ashar, we give the shar skila, Vlayochel Asbasarai, and now let it eat its basar, Ubal Ashar Noki, and as it relates to the Bal Ashar, he himself is going to be Noki, what that means. But either way, so the Pasik says, Kiyigach. What does Kiyigach mean? Enigich Elobakar. The word kiyigach, pasha, the taich word is that an animal shtoist and had it he shtoist with his karen, with his horns. Says the Gemara, how do you know that? Shenemar, the makar, that kiyigach means with a karen is a posik in nach. It says, Vayasloi, Sidkiya ben Kenana Karni Barzel, Vayoimer, and he said, Koyamara Shem be'ele tenaga chasaram ad kaloisam. So, Sidkiya ben Kenana, he fashioned these Karni Barzel, these horns that were made of Barzel, and he said, Take these horns, he's talking to his army, and he says, Be'ele tenaga chasaram. There's another passage that says, "Bechor shayrei hadarloi vekarne reim karnov bohem amim yenagach." So you have two psukim over here that seem to put Karen together with kiyigach. Vayaslo itzitkio ben Kenano karne barzel. And what did he say? Beela tenagach esaram. So you're talking about Karen and you're talking about negicha. And again, bechor shayrei hadarloi vekarne. That's the word that we need. Vekarne ubehem amim yenagach. So again, kiyigach. So you see twice in two different psukim. One is a pasuk in Malachim Aleph. The other one is a pasuk in Parshas Vezois Abracha. But two places where you find in Tanakh this idea that a Karen is associated with Negicha. So from there you see that ain Negicha Ella Bekaren. Says the Gemara, my volume. Why do I need two pasukim for this? It was such a simple question, right? One pasuk l'churu would be enough. I mean, it's very nice you have two pasukim, but I need two pasukim. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. Because if we only would have had the first pasuk, I would have thought, I would have thought that we're trying to understand what the Torah means when it says, this is a pasuk in the Torah. And what's my makar? Melachim Aleph. The Torah is divrei Torah. Melachim Aleph is part of Tanakh, but it's in the Nevi'im part of Tanakh, and it's what's known as Divrei Kabbalah. So I could have thought, maybe you can't learn Divrei Torah from Divrei Kabbalah. So you can't use a Pasuk in Malachim Aleph to explain a Pasuk in Parshness Mishpatim, Tashmat. For that reason, the Torah wrote a second Pasuk, and it says, Bechar Shorei Hadalai, the Gemara brings a Makar from the Torah itself, from Divrei Torah, to prove that there's a connection between the Gicha and Kerem. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. Gilum Bil Saba'am Mohu. 
this, it's true there's an idea of divrei Torah, midivrei Kabbalah, le'afina. But that means if you're trying to learn a halacha. Over here, you're not trying to learn any halachas. What we're trying to do is teach the words. So if the same word is used in Parshish Mishpatim and it's used in Malachim Aleph, and I have a gilui from Malachim Aleph, what it might mean over here in Parshish Mishpatim, all it is is a gilui milsa ba'alma. You can't have a gilui milsa from divrei Kabbalah to divrei Torah. Zimar says, you're right. Ella, there's a different reason why we needed the second thought. We only had the first pasuk. So I would have thought that this that you find, as it relates to a shor that shtoises, that there's a difference between a tam and a muet. So let's just pause for one second. We're going to have to do this a lot in the next few days. What is the halachis of Tam and Mu'ad? So it's machlekes remain Rabbi Yehuda. But super high level is that the first time that an animal damages with quote-unquote Karen, he's, the owner is not responsible to pay Nezek Shalom. He's not responsible for the full damage that was occurred. He only has to pay Chatzin Nezek. It's only once this animal is established to be a shtoiser. He's established to be a, an animal that hunts his prey He's a muid, it's then that you're going to be chayev nezek shalim. So, one of the unique characteristics of the av nezikin of keren is that there's a concept of tam and muid. So, the Gemara says like this it says, if the only makar to ein negicha elab keren would have been vayasloy tzitkia ben kanana karne barzal, so I would have thought that maybe the only time you have the unique laws of keren which is that there's a chiluk between a tam and a muid is hani milu That's only if the negicha happened with a karen, granted, but it happened similar to the way it's happening in the Pasuk in Malachim. In Malachim, what's happening? Everybody's walking around with swords, but they're not swords. They're really karne barzal. That's what it is they're walking around with. Okay, so if the animal would have a karen, and the Karen would be, Rashi says, in his mouth, but it would be Tlusha, and then it would Shtois. Maybe over there the halacha would be that there's a parasha of Tam and there's a parasha of Mu'ad. Avo b'mechuberes, if, however, the horn is attached to the animal, maybe over there, even the first time it Shtois is, we should already treat it as a Shara Mu'ad, and you should have to pay Nezek Shalim Tashma. The point is, we needed a Pasik that shows that even when the Karen is attached to the shar. Right, it's attached to the animal. Even then, we use the words of behem amim yinagach. We use the word of kiyigach. So when the Torah says kiyigach, yeah, it means Karen. But it doesn't just mean Karen. It means Karen loishna if it's tulusha and loishna if it's mechuberes. Either way, the halach is going to be that you have the unique halachas of Karen. And what are the unique halachas of Karen? That there's a parsha of Tam and also that there's a parsha of Mu'ad. Either way. So, we started with a b'raisa. Gimel avos namru b'shar. What are the three avos? You have hakeren, you have hashen, and you have haregel. If keren, shen, and regal are avos, by definition, there's a source to it, a pasuk in the Torah. So, we start from the first mentioned in the list, which is Karen. The Gemara said, Karen minalon, meaning, how do you know that Karen is one of the Ovois Nezikin? And the answer was, because it says, Ki yigach, es ish, oyes ish of ames, and ein negicha ela bekeren, based on two psukim, one a pasuk in Malachim Aleph, and the other a pasuk in Parshas V'zayis HaBracha. So moving along, Toldo the Karen Mahi. What are the Toldois of Karen? Again, Avois Michlal the Ika Toldos. So we're talking about the Av Nezikin of Karen. What is an example of a Toldo of Karen? It says the Braisa Negifa, Neshicha, 
Revitza ubeita. So negifa means where an animal stoises, but not with its horns, but rather with its guf. Revitza would mean that this animal saw Caleb lying on the ground and he decided that would be a good place for him to park himself and he sat down and Kamuva and he destroyed this Caleb. Beita means that he sees a Kaili and he goes and he kicks the Kaili and Neshicha means where he bites it. So these are four toldois of Karen. So Karen is when it's with the horn. None of these cases was it done with the horn. Negifa was with the body. Neshicha he bit. Revitza he sat. And therefore, Be'ita, he kicked. So being that these four are not with the Karen, therefore they're not the Avais, all they are is the Taltas. Says the Gemara, Maishan, the the Karle, I have one Kasha on this list. The Gicha is called an Av, why? Because it has a Pasek. It says, Kiyigach, Fait the Gemara, Negifa, Namiksev, Kiyigaif. The word Negifa is mentioned in the Torah, it says Kiyigaif. Where does it say it? Kiyigaif, Shar, Ish, Ashar, Eyuvamais. So this is the parish that talks about Ashar, Shtoising Ashar. And over there, the Torah doesn't use the word Kiyigach, but there, the Torah uses the word Kiyigaif. So doesn't it sound like Negifa then is an Av? So if anything, Negifa should be another one of the others that were never Bashar. Why is Negifa mentioned in the list of Taldis? So the Gemara says, Hai Negifa, Negicha. These are two different Negifas, meaning the word Negifa can mean one thing, and it can mean something completely different. As it relates to the word Kiyigaif in the Torah, that's true. That Kiyigaif means really Kiyigach. Hai Negifa Negichahi. And what does Kiyigach mean with a Karen? That Kiyigaif also means with a Karen. When we mention Negifa as one of the Toldois of Karen, that Negifa does not mean the Kiyigaif of the Torah. It's a little bit misleading. It's a little bit tricky. You would think for sure that the price that talks about Ashar's Negifa is the same as the Torah that's talking about the Ashar's Kiyigaif. But says the Gemara, it's not true. It's two different things. The Kiyigaif of the Torah is the same as the Kiyigach of the Torah. The Negifa of the Brisa is referring to something else. The Kiyigaif is Kiyigach. What's Kiyigach in Negicha Ela Bekaren? And the Brisa is Negifa means when he shtoys with his body. Says the Gemara, what's the Makar to this? The Tanya, it's mentioned in Mephurish and Abraisa. Pasach ben Negifa, Vesayim ben Negicha. You find that the Torah uses the word Negifa, and you find the Torah uses the word Negicha. Right, so the Sharish Toising, and the Torah uses the word Kiyigach. And the Sharish Toising, and the Torah uses the word Kiyigach. Says the Gemara, why? That really Negifa and Negicha, they're synonyms of each other. They mean the same thing. Says the Gemara, you can't tell me they literally mean the same thing. Because if they literally mean the same thing, then why would the Torah literally, from one Pasuk to the next, decide to change and to go from Negicha to Negifa? Why would you do that? So there has to be some reason, right? And in fact, the Gemara says, if you look a little bit more carefully, when the Torah talks about a shar shtoising a person, the Torah uses the Lashon Negicha. And when the Torah talks about a shar shtoising another shar, there the Torah uses the word Negifa. So it sounds like Negicha has something to do with shtoising Adam, and Negifa has something to do with shtoising another shar. So the question is, Why by Adam did the Torah use the Lashon Negicha? And why by Behemoth did the Torah use the Lashon Negifa? So the Gemara says, Adam isle mazla ksiv ki yigach, Behemoth lesle mazla, the difference is the word negicha implies a more intent, more of a premeditation from the standpoint of the shar. As opposed to negifa, the connotation, although it's kavanasek lahazik, but it's a little bit more subtle. For a shar to be able to take out a person, he would have to be a kiigach. 
for him to take out an animal, all he needs to be is a kiyigayf. And in the words of the Gemara, the reason is because Adam is Islay Mazla, as opposed to Behemo is Leslay Mazla. Now, what does that even mean? So Rashi says two pshatim. We'll say the first pshat of Rashi. Rashi says, Adam the Islay Mazla, Shiyeshloi Das Lishmaires Kufai. Then it means he has Das. So because the person has Das to protect himself, so if the animal wants to take him out, he has to try a little bit harder. And therefore, the Torah used the Lashon of Kiyigach, as opposed to Ashar, the Shloy Singashar, being that he's Leslay Mazla. So it'd be much easier for to get him. Okay, says the Gemara. You should know that there's actually a halacha that's learned out from here, and that is the mud la adam having mud la behemoth. But a mud la behemoth, they have a mud la adam. If you have an animal that established itself already as a shtoiser, he's a sharamud, but he became a sharamud from shtoising. Uh, animal, that would not imply that he's also going to be a sharamud as it relates to an adam. Because just because you can take down a, an animal doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to take down an adam. Why? Because the aim is less slay maza, adam is a slay maza. However, in the reverse, in the reverse, if somebody is, establishes himself an animal, that is, to be a sharamud, to take down an adam, that would make him into a Mu'id, as it relates to a behemoth as well. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is that we're going through the different taldos of Karen. We had Negifa, we had Neshicha, Revitzu, Be'ita. And the Gemara immediately digressed and said, Negifa? How can Negifa be a, a tolda? Negifa is an av. What makes something an av? It's mentioned in the Torah. The Torah mentions Negifa. It says, Ki So doesn't that mean that it's an av? Umar says, there's two dinim in Negifa. There's the Negifa of the Torah, and then there's the Negifa of the Braisa. Negifa of the Torah means he's shtoising with his keren. The reason the Torah uses the word Negifa as opposed to Negicha, it suggests a little bit less premeditation, a little less work on the part of the shard to be mazik. But the Nagifa of the Bryson, that's when he didn't use his Karen at all. What did he do? He used his entire guf, Shadokhva Begufa, says Rashi, and that's already not Mefurish in the Torah, because the Torah talks about a negicha elevikaren, and that's why all it is is a tolda. Now, moving along the list of toldas, the next one mentioned was Neshicha. Faith the Gemara, Neshicha tolda the shein here. Isn't Neshicha tolda the shein? Why wouldn't Neshicha be tolda the Karen? What's Neshicha? It takes a bite out of you. Okay, so that sounds to me like shein. That doesn't sound like Karen. So the Gemara says, why? Shein yesha no lezeka, ha ena no lezeka. As we mentioned when we learned the Mishnah, what makes these Ovis Nazikin unique, or better, what makes Shane not regal and regal not Shane is not that one is with your teeth and the other one is with your feet, but rather it's the characteristics and it's the uniqueness of what underpins this type of mazik and what it encumbers upon the owner of this animal to be careful for. That's what makes it a unique app. So it's true, Neshicha and Shane sound very similar, but really they're very different. And the reason is Shane. The animal just is hungry. He wants to eat. As opposed to a neshicha, when he takes a bite out of someone or something, he's breaking kalim over there. That's not hanol hazeka. That's a kavanos hazek. So although it's true, it's with the mouth, in which case it's more similar to Shane, but if you understand the lumbus of what's going on over here, it's actually more similar to Karen, despite the fact that it's completely different body parts, as opposed to Shane. Says the Gemara, Revitza ubeita told her the regal. Shouldn't Revitza and Beita? Revitza is when it, it sits down, Beita is when it kicks. That sounds more like regal than it does like Karen. And the Gemara says, again, same chilek. Look, regal has a matzi. Hane ain't has matzi. What's unique about regal is, is that has a matzi. The animal's always walking. And if it's always walking, it's always going to make a little bit of trouble. As opposed to the animal doesn't always have to be kicking and the animal doesn't always have to be parking himself in the middle of the street. That's already something that's unusual. 
being that it's unusual, we look at it more as being a tolda de karen, which is unusual, as opposed to a tolda de regel, which is usual. The bottom line is that we just went through a lot of information, information that we're going to go through a lot more carefully and slower over the next dafin. But what we just did was, is we mentioned that this gimel of this Namr Bishar. The first one was Karen. And then we even mentioned what the toldas of Karen are. It's Negifa, Neshicha, Reitza, Ubiita. We also know that as it relates to the Oves Nezikin, sometimes Toldasen Kayyotzebem and sometimes Toldasen is Lav Kayyotzebem. We're trying to figure out which Toldas are Kayyotzebem and which Toldas are Lav Kayyotzebem. So we're taking our first stab here. And that is, we have the Braisa that takes Shar and really breaks it into three. Karen, Shein, and Ragal. We figured out what the toldis of the avos of Karen are, and now we have to figure out, does it make sense that these toldis should be kayyotzebem, or should they be lav kayyotzebem? Says the Gemara, Elta told they say him lav kayyotzebem, Damara Papa, hi, where Papa said told they say him is lav kayyotzebem, which one of the toldis was he referring to? Ile Mahani, did he mean those, meaning which? The ones that we just mentioned, the four toldis of Karen, which is one of the three of voice of Shar, it doesn't make any sense, says the Gemara. Why? Because Maish, not Karen, the Kavanosa Lahazik. What's unique about Karen? The Av. It's Kavanosa Lahazik, right? The animal has intent to damage. Uma Maincha, you own it. And as a result, you have to watch it. No? All these things that we just mentioned, Haninami, Kavanosa Lahazik, Uma Maincha, Ushmirasa Nalecha. And it doesn't make any sense, logically, in Svara, that there should be a difference between the Av of Karen and between any one of the Taldas of Karen, between the and the Gemara accepts it immediately, and the Gemara says, You're right, you have to say, which means that Karen is an example of when Rapapa said, says the Gemara, it must be, it's a Shane Viregel, and is that in fact so? So that's a Metzashem where tomorrow's daf is going to pick up. So again, very, very loaded. Not easy to learn a daf like this in the allotted time that we have. But at the same time, it's a psicha, it's a hakdama, and everything that we went through now will be it way too quickly. The Ezra Hashem will be mispoinen, and we'll have a lot more time to go through more carefully. It's the topic of literally 60 daf and chas. So there's going to be a lot of time to go through this in a lot more of a careful way. But as it relates to raid, just one machshava. So... Baruch Hashem, today we start at Seydin Azikin. And Seydin Azikin is, in many ways, from a Dafyomi perspective, the second half of Shas. So it's not technically the second half of Shas, but figuratively speaking, it's now the back end. And we're literally going to start, Be'ezer Hashem, getting close to the Sema Shas. So just a thought. That is, I think if you would ask the man on the street... Why was it that Ramea Shapiro started Limudaf Hayoimi and he championed it and he literally was Moisa Nefesh to make it the success that it became? I think the answer would go something like this. Ramea Shapiro, Ubesyastis, the Gedoli Yisrael at the time, Uberosh from the Chafetz Chaim, felt that there was a Rifian in Talmud Torah and they were trying to be mechazic people to learn more Torah. So this is a very good way to be mechazic people to learn. You know you have to learn one daf a day. You do that, you'll be able to finish 
literally Gantz Shas in only seven and a half years, and from the perspective and the standpoint of Chizik and Talmud Torah, it seemed to be a, a very, very good idea. And there's no question that that's a good answer. That part and parcel of the Hesiastus of Limud Afayoimi was Pashit to be Mechazik, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. But at the same time, if you go through the drushes, the epic drushes that Ramei Shapiro gave as it relates to why he thought it was so harsh of a Yisrael to learn Dafa Yoimi, there seems to be a, a theme that recurs itself again and again and again. And Ramei Shapiro in his speeches was Pesach with this theme and he was Messiah with this theme. And it seems to be the overarching motivation for this to take off. And that was Ramei Shapiro held the following that if Gantz Klai Yisrael, or if a majority, a Rabbim of Yidin, are going to learn the same Daf Gemara on the same day, it's going to create a tremendous achtos amongst Yidin. And it's that achtos, as much as it was the Chizik and Talmud Torah, that Meir Shapira and the G'dayli Yisrael were trying to accomplish. Achtos comes when Yidin are together. But the greatest achtos comes when Yidin are together learning. And when they're learning the same thing together, that's the gagalgar. That's the spitz. And that's what Ramey Shapiro really was pushing in his droshes. He was talking about this Indian. In fact, he said, He said, we know there's something in how called Talmud the Rabbim. So, Talmud Torah the Yachid, but then there's Talmud Torah the Rabbim. I am Megillah Dav Gimel, from one Ma'ar Makim. But Talmud Torah the Rabbim is more chashiv than Talmud Torah the Yachid. And he said, based on a, a Mogan Avram in Hilchas Megillah, that if you're going to have a Rabbim of Yidin that are learning the same Gemara, even though they're in different Bati Midrashim, and they could be in different continents, and literally separated by oceans, but at the same time, the fact that they're all learning the same thing at the same time, that gives their learning a chashivas of Talmud Torah the Rabbim, and it's a as if they were literally in the same arena learning at Mamish Bevasachas. The fact that they're separated by place is neither here nor there. Because if you have a rabbin of Yidden learning the same thing, that gives that learning a chshivas of Talmud Torah the rabbin. Just to hear this point a little bit in the words of Ramea Shapiro. So this is from the drasha that Ramea Shapiro gave at the second Knesia Hagadolah. This was in Chaydish Elul. It was in Tafresh Peites. I'm reading from the Sefer Imre Das, which was put together by Hagoyin Rabdovin Mandelbaum Shlita. So he brings here a transcript of the drasha. Said Ramea Shapiro, "This asef Knesia Hagadolah Rishoyna." When we had the first Knesia Hagadolah, so there was an idea that was launched of learning Dafayoimi. So we're all familiar with the first Knesia Hagadolah. That Kleisro was zeichet to see video footage of the Gedolim entering the Knesia Beroshim the Chafetz Right, that video comes from that Knesia Hagadol. And a lot of big things took place there. Brahme Shapiro said by the second Knesia that looking back now, six years ago, the most hush of a thing that came about through that Knesia was the fact that we were Miyase Dafayoimi. And he says like this We established at that time. Two thousand four hundred 
2,243 days pass from the Knesset Arishayim. Ubehem nomadu betzibor. And he says, during that time, the 2,243 days that pass, we learned 2,243 Dafei Gemara. Hadafayoyimi, he says, is the seed for bringing Kla Yisrael together. And ain't dover oirayim ba'olam. She a mesugal umuchshir yoyser la'achid ulekasher es am Yisrael ulavricha mikotza lakotza kamay limudat Torah. He said, "There's nothing that can be ma'achid yidden more than learning Torah." Ukamay shomru chazal. When did Kla Yisrael come to a madrig of the spitz achdos? When did we come to Ke'ish Echad When it was Vayichan Shom Yisrael Kenegad Ahar. When Klai Yisrael was Kenegad Ahar, when they came to be Mekabal the Torah, that's when they came to Ke'ish Echad Because the real Achtos amongst Yidin comes one, it comes through Talmud Torah. And if you have a tremendous rabbin of Yidin learning Torah, and Befrat, if they're learning the same Torah, that's a tremendous Achtos, that's something you can only have through this. Just reading the opening, these opening remarks of another Joshua, Meish Piroge. Also, this was an incredible gift. This he said, this is a gift that the Ebishter gave us that we're going to take with us to come greet Mashiach. He said, when I came to present to the Olam the Chashivas of learning Dafayomi, his Bartizos, this is what I explained. There's nothing you can do that will bring the Yidden together more. He said, there's nothing that brings the Yidden together more than learning Dafayayim. This was his Hergish. His Hergish was, again, this is how he started his Drushes, that there's an Indian, Avada will be Mechazik Talmater. It's Pashit, that's what it was. But it's more than that. There's an idea that if Klai Yisrael Zatzibur is going to learn the same Daf Gemara, it's an incredible Achtos. And that Achtos is the Achtos of Vayichan Shom Yisrael Neged Ahar Ke'ish Echabalei Vechad. And this is the Matonu L'Doyres Adbiyas Agroil. That Yidin are not just going to be Mechazik and learning Torah, but Yidin are going to be Mechazik and we're going to be in a, in a state where we're learning Torah literally Ba'achtos. And we just started Say the Nazikin. Rabbi Yanki shared with me an incredible Maramakim. This Maramakim is in the pre Tzadik from Rabbi Tzadik Akoyin. And Rabbi Tzadik says a Dov He says that the Gemara says in the Sechte Shabbos, it's a well known Gemara. The Pasik says in Yeshaya, Vahoye emunas itecha. Choisen Yeshuos, Chachmas Vodas, Yiras Hashem Hiyotzare. Amar Eishlokish, Eishlokish said, "My dechsev v'hayah emunas itecha, Choisen Yeshuos, Chachmas Vodas." Emunas they say is wrong. Emunas is referring to say is wrong. Itecha they say the moed. Choisen they say the nashim. Yeshuos they say the nazikin. Chachmas they say the kachim. Vodas they say the tyrus. So you ready here, Daven Ifla? So Rav Tzaddik says in Parashas Bereshis, it's an Ois base. He says that Seydin Ezekin is called Seydin Yeshuas. He says, why is it called Seydin Yeshuas? He says, how does Seydin Ezekin begin? Arba Ovis Nezikin. He says that we know Klai Yisrael, but Meshach is going to have to go through four Goliaths. And the four Goliaths are the Arba Ovis Nezikin that the Tan of the Mishnah was telling us. But 
the Ezer Hashem, we know that we're going to be saved and we're going to be nigal from Darba Ovois Nezikin, and that's through Seydin Nezikin. That's why Seydin Nezikin is called Seydin Yeshuas. Because Seydin Nezikin brings Yeshuas. And it's, the Yeshuas from what? It's from the Goliaths, it's from the Tsaris, it's from the Vihisha Amdal Aviseinu, it's from these Chevra that literally, Behold, Daivadar, Amdal Aleinu, Lechaliseinu. That's Seydin Nezikin. That's how the Mesach, the Seydin begins. And that's the Indian of Yeshuas that we have through Seydin Nezikin. Then it says like this, some Soifer. In his Akdama to Mesechtas Bavakama, we have very, very little Chsam Soifer on Bavakama, unless you have the Likutim. But Chsam Soifer on Bavakama goes to Dafhei, so it doesn't get very far. But we have a Hakdama, and the Hakdama, the Psicha, is come out as long as the whole Pirish that we have. And it's Shaloi Kedarko, the Chsam Soifer's whole Pirish, and his whole Akdama to Mesechtas Bavakama is Alpinister. In fact, he quotes the Ramami Pano in his Maimur Chikar Adin, where the Ramami Pano asked a bunch of kashas here in the beginning of Bavakam. If we go through these kashas, these are mamish pshat tovakashas. Taisvis' kashas, Pnei Yeshua's kashas. Mamish, he went through like literally pshat tovadik kashas and he explained, the answer says the Chassam Zoy for all these different kashas, alpi pnimiya satayra, alpi nister. And what's the nister? The nister is that darba ovois nazikin. This Indian is, these are the nazikin that are coming to cause tsaris to Klai Yisrael. And they're represented in the tsaris, but not just the tsaris, the goliaths of Klai Yisrael. There's four goliaths and these are the darba ovois nazikin. That's this Indian, that's this Indian of Nezikin being Seidi Yeshuas. Because through Nezikin, there's Yeshuas, Yeshuas on Darba obvious Nezikin. So my Hergish is that obviously we're living in a time now where it's a Es Sarahil Yaakov, and there's a tremendous Ruach, and there's a tremendous Isiris now of Biyacha Ninatseach. And the Emes is, Eilocha Biyacha Ninatseach Gedoilo, where Klaiyisro can come to Ishachot Belevechot through Limurataira and through Limurdafayoimi. Which, again, this is not my Chiddush. This comes from Meir Shapiro. Literally, read the transcripts of his droshes. This is what he was saying in the 1920s. And Kiyudua, the Kozhoglova, was saying this in the 1930s when Nazi Germany was heating up very, very stark. And he was saying over what his Rebbe said, that Dafayoimi, the Dafshel Svino, this is something that can literally bring Klai Yisrael to, to Bizoicha, to the Geula. And this is Mamish now at the onset of what's going on right now. We're starting a new Seder. It's his man for, for Chizik and Dafayoimi. It's not just a Seder, it's Seder Yeshuas. It's literally, that's what we started. We started Seder Nezikin. That's, if you look at it the wrong way, this is Mamish Seder Yeshuas. That's what we started now. We started Seder Yeshuas. It's his man that's without question, it's Mesugal Yeshuas. And any year that learns Dafyoimi, Savadi, he's being Mekayim, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. But I think based on Ramesh Shapiro's Joshes, he's also being Mekayim, an Indian, of being part of the Tzibur of Klai Yisrael. This being part of, of the Yisrael, the Yirai Sachad. And by doing that, we'll be Zoycha to Taka, see Yeshuas, Ben Herabi Ameno, Biyachan in Atzeach, we'll all be Zoycha to Yeshuas.